Right, here we are. Welcome along. We are um, doing the Still Parents podcast. It is episode number five of of series three. We've only got a couple left. And it's it's quite different tonight. I know you probably already noticed for anyone who's uh, who's watching on Facebook. I'll say straight off the bat, if you're just listening to the, the non-video version of this during the week, we are we're actually we're actually using a studio. So this is the first time for the podcast. We've all been in the same room together. And um, this has all been sorted out by Ryan. Evening, Ryan. How are you, sir? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm good. We are in Leamington Spa at uh, Mill Street Studio. So thank you very much to them for for having us down. It's it's beautiful down there. How did it? How did this come about, Ryan? Um. So well, actually, Lucy, our um, marketing manager, got in contact with them. Um, we knew they obviously had a studio, but also um, the sort of hashtag that they work on with the uh, the Make Good Grow um, charity and sort of movement as well. And after speaking with Rob. Um, and actually featuring on their podcast as well last week. Um, it was kindly, oh, sorry, they kindly said we could use the studio for the charity and um, obviously vice versa. We're going to give them a bit of a shout out oh, as well and what have you. So, yeah, no, so, yes. really good. So what was the podcast that you, you did with the guys? Um, so it's a podcast. It's called Make Good Grow, um, and they wanted to know a little bit about the charity and the way that we started, what we do, Um Funny thing was, they asked me what my rider would be, and uh, myself and Lucy had to um, had to frantically search Google to see what rider meant because I genuinely oh. didn't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I, I said uh, slab of lager, um, a finger buffet of uh, Indian food. <laughs> wow, a slab and a finger. <laughs> Let's stop this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not one of them podcasts, I promise. But um, And also I said a charity bucket. So when I got here, they'd got me um, a Tarka dal, right. uh, some samosas, and uh, a bottle of Peroni, which was quite good, apart from the fact it was 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. So knowing, in a, you know, if you'd have known in hindsight that they were actually going to sort you out with what you'd have asked for. I'd have said a diamond ring, a Rolex <laughs> watch. And uh, yeah, so yeah. No, but it was, um, no, it was good to be on it. And um, it, obviously it's getting the, the message out about our podcast. Yeah, Obviously absolutely. it's still parents' podcast, but also yeah. the message of um, baby loss and its effects on brief parents and and um and wider friends and family networks yeah absolutely and also apologies for those watching live for starting just a, a few minutes late tonight we were just trying to make sure everything was was up and running and everything was working and then also just before we went live ryan had an idea of oh let's see what it looks like if we turn the lights off <laughs> <laughs> so we were all in the dark and no one would have been able to see us anyway and if you are watching uh, you probably have already noticed that um there's an elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> She's not really an elephant. Rude. This is our first female guest that we've had on, and there's 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 a re- well, there's two reasons for this. First up is our guest that we did have, unfortunately, uh, cancelled earlier on this morning, so he's not been able to come on the show. So we'll get him on at another point. So it's Amy Jackson, wife of Ryan Jackson from the Lily May Foundation. So we thought. We're having a look at some of the, the, the stats and the figures for the podcast, and obviously it's, uh, it's from a male perspective, and this is, but actually there's, there's a higher percentage of females listening to the podcast than there are guys. I think it's about 60, 40%. So we thought we'd, we'd get Amy on. And, uh, and obviously for anyone who, who's worked with the charity, done anything with the charity, then they'll know Amy and Ryan anyway. But we thought it would be good uh, tonight to to maybe delve in a little bit deeper with what happened with Ryan and Amy's story uh, with with Lily May. Uh, obviously, as we're coming to the end of the third series, we've had some fantastic guests on. And if it wasn't for the grief that you've been through and, and with it, we wouldn't be sat here doing this podcast. So I think it would be a good opportunity for people who've, who've been with us since the start or maybe they're just joining along now just to maybe hear uh, some more from you and also get your your perspective on things, too. So how are you, first of all, Amy? Are you OK? I don't know which is more nerve wracking coming on this or um, my fight in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, yes, you're doing it. Yeah. Amy's also doing a boxing match. We'll, yeah. I think uh, I'm, uh, I've got nerves about both. This is, I, I've known Amy about five years now. This is the first time I've seen Amy nervous. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be short lived. I am loving it. Yeah. So, yeah, we will mention a bit about the boxing actually towards the end of, towards the, end of the show tonight. Uh, before um, we, we forget, Matt Whitehouse, our regular ever since first episode, is, is back with us tonight. Evening, Matt, how are you? I'm fine. Not bad at all. Yes. Uh, fought my way through the snow to get here. So. 
Did you hear about the, um, there's, a, there's a pub, it's in the Yorkshire Dales, and I think it's the highest pub in England, and there's people been stuck in there since Friday. For the oh. record, it's now Sunday the 28th of uh, November. People have been stuck in there since Friday. I can think of worse Yeah, things. it's not a bad yeah. place to get stuck, is it? <laughs> is that, Ryan will be on his way. Is that good for the landlord or bad? Because it's like, he's got a captive audience, but like, I imagine all the Nobby's nuts are gone by now. Everyone's been having away with it. Nobby's nuts. <laughs> classic show. Yeah, now there's a lot of liver disease going around in that area as well, yeah. Um, yeah, how have you been, Matt? Are you well? Everything yeah, else? yeah, not not bad at all. Yeah, we actually had a couple of uh, friends over the, this afternoon um, who we've met through the Lily May Foundation in uh, in Cy and Cat, and, um, and and their daughter uh, came over as well. So it was uh, it was nice. It was good. It was a nice afternoon. We've so, actually yeah. uh, we've actually got Cy in the studio with us. I'm not sure if you want to poke your head into one of the cameras <laughs> yeah. so everyone can see you. Uh, Cy was actually our guest on our very first episode. I believe it was the very first episode that we did, weren't you? Simon Philpott, who's taken some photos tonight, because obviously we're using the advantage that we're having a, using a studio. So here we are. In uh, the build-up to Christmas, there's only one episode left after this, which we are going to do next Sunday, actually. I can't remember why, so Ryan's about to tell us. <laughs> it's, the, um, it's the Lily May Foundation trustees That's and right. staff Christmas party on the 12th. So we're, um, yeah, we're going to do it on the 5th instead. Okay. As, as we said at the start, I'd like to, between the two of you... Amy and Ryan, I'm assuming most people who, who listen and watch this will have met you and, and will know about your story and, and how the charity became to be and, and everything that happened. But um, if it's OK with you, could you talk us through in the same way that we have had with the other guests that have been on um, as much as you're comfortable with with exactly your, your story? Go on, boss. <laughs> Go on, boss. Oh, I like you. Because I thought we'd use the, yeah, what, as I said earlier, while I was at Amy's here, because it's quite a different perspective that we can get tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. I think if you start and do it from your point of view, and then I can um, jump in. Put me when right. you lie. <laughs> Amy's got her notes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, well, it was the 5th of February 2010. I had come home from work. Um, I was teaching at the time. And uh, Amy had told me that she hadn't really felt many movements throughout the day. So, we did pretty much everything that the midwives sort of tell you to do at that time if, if you know baby's a little bit quiet so cold glass of water put her feet up um she had been quite busy throughout the day which is one of the reasons why she said that she really hadn't hadn't really paid much attention in, in mm. regard to the fact that the movements had slowed down um and nothing happened after the the cold glass of water so we just sort of thought well we'll we'll phone up the um phone up the hospital yeah. um, they invited us in for a scan which was pretty routine prior to that we'd had growth scans anyway and, and been discharged from that um we dropped alfie who was three at the time off at his grandparents house and told uh, amy's mom and dad yeah we'll be back in 25 minutes half hour oh. something like that went into the hospital so it was probably what was it about six six ish half six on the evening went into the labour ward, um, went into a side room, midwife came in with a portable scanner, put Amy on the bed. And I think that when I saw the midwife's face, when she was um, scanning Amy, I thought something wasn't right, but didn't really think too much of it at that point. Um, and I think, I'd, I'm not sure if Amy was oblivious or anything like that. I was that. too worried about my Ugg boots. Yeah, and I think she was scared it about... Was, it was snowing and <coughs> I'd left my Ugg boots somewhere. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Isn't it ridiculous? I think it was just... We were naivety oblivious. Naivety as yeah. well, oblivious. Yeah. We were completely oblivious to what potentially yeah. was going to be told to us. Um, the midwife then said, I need to get another scanner. This is quite an old, sca uh, old scanner, so I'm going to take you into a side room. And when we walked into the side room, there was a consultant and a bereavement midwife. And Claire won't mind us saying it was Claire, our, our actual bereavement midwife. But even to this day, Claire still says she wasn't there for because they knew that we'd lost Lily. Um, I'd still question her about that. But <laughs> they were doing an audit. And when we, when we actually went in, the consultant scanned Amy. And I, I vaguely remember her saying something along the lines of, no, I'm not going to tell the lady just yet. And I think then we pressured her to to tell us, and then she told us that there was no heartbeat and that and that Lily had died. At that point, we didn't know if it was a girl or a boy, so we'd asked, um, and they said they thought it was a girl. The scream from Amy was haunting. It was a, it was a a really haunting scream, 
um, and the midwife Claire just well I don't really remember to be honest I it was um, extremely surreal mm. we were then taken out of the room into another room where Claire spoke to yeah. us about the sort of process and what was going to happen then and that we would have to go home and then come back in two days time which at the time just didn't seem right yeah did not seem right at all it was more of a get, get the baby out sort of thing you lost your mind early on you punched the wall on the way out that's all i remember is being led to another room and you punching the wall <clears throat> and being really angry and just asking for a c-section because i'd had a c-section mm. previously you just wanted me to have a c-section have it over and done with just, yeah they said that it wasn't a good idea no. to have a c-section didn't they for, yeah a for future pregnancies. Yeah. Okay. And in hindsight, now definitely it was the right idea. I was about to, to ask, yeah. you know, was that because obviously the emotions yeah. at the time. I think because it was so surreal and so quick, and yeah. you just, if I had literally gone in that night and had a section mm. and had a whipped out and it was over and done, it would have been even more surreal than, than it already was. Um, so, yeah, in hindsight, it was the best yeah. thing to do. But at the time, living through that kind of weekend, knowing that your baby wasn't living inside yeah. you and having to do, like, yeah. I went to Touchwood to buy clothes for her and loads of weird things. It was just the during weirdest. That, during that weekend? Yeah, because yeah. we hadn't got any clothes because we didn't know she was a girl. Right. So I wanted okay. to go and buy okay. a girly outfit. But even so, then, we still brought, um, if, if I remember right, we brought boy uh, baby grower as well, as just well. in case yeah. they'd got it wrong. Right. Um, yeah, and being in, do you remember Pumpkin Patch, the shop in Touchwood? like a baby shop Be being in there and having to choose an outfit mm. um when everyone around you was obviously like ecstatic and mm. happy and i i hadn't even considered that mm. that's something which which people go through yeah to go back for and it was on, on the weekend and i was about to say how you know how how was that weekend apart so you went to touchwood and, and you did that together yeah and if you don't mind trying to discuss or, or remember or even talk between yourselves about your, your emotions during during that weekend or during those two days before you went back yeah. into the hospital again. Polar opposites. Yeah, exactly. Right. Completely different. And I think that that is the first kind of clear difference between a man and a woman is they go straight away into like the emotion sides and it hits them. Whereas mm. I think because a lady knows what's coming... Mm. I was more prepping for giving birth and labour and was right. just kind of focused on, right, I've got to get through this bit mm. before I can kind of start the next bit um, so I was more thinking about kind of yeah giving birth and what I was going to need and yeah buying things for her um, and I think you probably started I'd, emotionally I'd, almost straight away I, I, I felt absolutely helpless mm. I felt like I'd failed as a man if I'm completely honest because I wasn't able to protect my own child I wasn't able to protect my wife I wasn't able to protect my family. I wasn't able to do all that you think you're supposed to do as a male, mm. basically. Um, we had close friends, family, who who came round to Amy's mum and dad's after we'd come back from the hospital on the Friday. Um, and at, at times, we were actually consoling yeah. them more than they were consoling us. Yeah. Um, what I really remember from that night is everyone coming and kind of us being the ones that were kind of like greeting people at the door right. yeah. and them sobbing and us being the... So that's quite a turnaround forward. then, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you were yeah. consoling... <clears throat> it was weird. Probably the one main memory is looking around the room and seeing all of our family kind of absolutely sobbing and distraught and just thinking, oh, I've caused this. It's my fault that all these people are upset. And that's kind of the main thing. I was literally not but emotional But even though myself. you know it's not... It's... I know now, yeah. but yeah, that was one of the biggest feelings... Mm in the early days was that feeling of responsibility and again straight away I think that's the difference between the emotions that men and women have to deal yeah, with just jumping in there sorry yeah, yeah. Go for it, Matt. Crystal felt exactly, exactly that yeah. she she um, she felt you know for a long time that that it was her fault you know her body had let her yeah, down yeah. and things like this and and there's nothing You've really caused all that pain yeah to there's else. nothing really you can say to your partner at that point to kind of change their minds because, you know, that's the difference between, yeah, you're right, between men and women because women are... It's, it's the same, isn't it, when you have a child, like, it, the, the man's life, to a point, don't really change. No. Let's face it, like, we can, st we can sleep. 
in, right up until the last minute, <laughs> you know. And then, like, you know, Crystal, as with both pregnancies, like, struggled sleeping towards the end. I'm, like, lying now, not really helping because mm. I can just chill and just relax, whereas she's, you know, mm. as you said, preparing. And then she get as you, as you said, she literally just... just Kept blaming herself and saying, and you, you can't, you, you can't say anything. You can't, you can't no. say anything. And I think to change in hindsight, you know that you know that guilt is one of the biggest feelings that comes yeah. with grief. But when you're feeling it, and I think it's one of the hardest emotions for other people to watch because they want you to just forget it. They're kind of like, of course it's not your fault. Of course it's not your fault. Don't feel guilty. But that doesn't erase it. Mm. You need someone to just sit with it and be like, yeah, it's quite normal to feel like this. It's normal that you feel yeah. that guilt. Whereas, yes, rationally, I knew it was nothing to do with me, but I couldn't help but feel like that. If you don't mind me asking, obviously because, you, because you're both here, how did it affect your relationship? Maybe not immediately, but because it's been, what's it, 10, Ele- 11? Right, it's coming up to 12 years. Yeah. Is it, wow. Yeah. So obviously it's quite a, a big question that because there's different periods of time. But uh, just for, I'm just thinking of people who are, who are listening to the podcast or watching the podcast and obviously in a, in a relationship. And yeah. Because one thing that was quite interesting, what you said, was the, the polar opposite Dynamics. nature. Did you have that with, with Crystal, uh, Matt? So, um, just in terms of how you both processed and, and, and was yeah, dealing with yeah, it. Well, yeah, we did, because I've talked. That's been my way of dealing with it. Like, okay. I've just literally got, like, you know, I've just got every everything out there from the start you know and i've and i've you know we're we're talking about facebook and we're using facebook live tonight facebook has been a huge outlet for me huge outlet in what way just being able to get my feelings out uh and never doing it for sympathy Mm -hmm. but just it's been a way of me getting my because if i can't talk to someone about it i'll write it down you know i'll get it out and i'll do it that way whereas crystal has been very um and yeah, she won't mind me, mind me saying this at all. She's been very, not quiet. She's done it differently in that she's she's absolutely no question grieved every minute since we've lost her. But she's done it differently where um, she won't be as outgoing, if that's the right vocal. word. Vocal, yeah, I suppose, to use the right, that kind of word. So that's where we differed. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the big, big areas that we differed in. Is Like I said, I, I wanted to talk about it, whereas she not didn't want to talk about it, but she didn't know how... Stereotypically, that's the wrong way around, though. You get most people tends to be the girl's got a lot of people to talk to and and will spend time talking, Mm. whereas the man is the one that always, well, generally goes straight back to work, throws himself into work, doesn't talk, sees the mates, and it's just kind of like that quick nod and nothing is talked about. And I think that can prove harder in the long run, Uh, generally. I I think it was it, was it Nick? not Nick Kyrgios, the tennis player, the guy who had a name that sounded <laughs> like him. He came, uh, hello, Nick, if you're watching. I think it was, uh, what you said, it was a similar thing. I'm sure it was Nick. And he just threw, he just moved house and he threw yeah. himself into yeah. work. And yeah. it was that, I guess, that that sweeping everything under the yeah. rug to a degree, knowing that it's, it's still there and it, ha- yeah. and it has to be dealt with. And I think coming back to your question before, in kind of terms of relationship, that can be quite a tricky thing because you tend to find that you go polar opposite. Yeah and can't see it because you're so kind of concentrated on your own grief and what you're doing to get yourself through you can't see it from their point of view so that can cause kind of issues because you're focusing on yourself and you can't understand why they are doing it so differently so him Hmm. him Ryan (laughs) so did you throw yourself into any Ryan went straight back to work and I found that really hard because there was no way I could have gone into work I couldn't get off the floor I was off for six weeks wasn't I yeah. five and a bit weeks six but weeks I couldn't understand how he yeah. could get up go into work and that frustrated me because it was almost like well, do you not care why you're not sad why you're not kind did of you, struggling to do anything did you talk about it or? no I just got really angry like I normally do <laughs> <laughs> Amy's really good at talking honest <laughs> no I'm the same as Crystal I don't talk um, but no, so it was it was tough because it was kind of like you could see them carrying on and it almost felt like, well, hang on a minute, why am I the one here suffering and really struggling and, and you're okay? So that probably caused quite a lot of turmoil. Right. Um, and I think it must have come out in the end because I always remember you saying, well, you don't see me on the way to work. You don't see me having to pull over when a song comes on. You don't see me doing this because I'll do it when I'm not around you and then I'll pull myself together for when I come back home to almost deal with you. It was probably about a year after. (laughs) Yeah, it was probably about a year after and I I remember that because I remember being sat on the stairs. I'd had a panic attack, being sat on the stairs and I remember Amy quite vividly just absolutely going in at me, like going in at me because she had no 
clear understanding of how I was feeling because we didn't talk. Because never said anything. We didn't no. say anything. Um, right. Right at the beginning, we it actually brought us a lot yeah. closer together. We and, probably talked more at the beginning yeah. and then I think as time went on and less people spoke to you about it, it kind of went quieter and that's... Yeah. And again, I think that's quite common. It's that kind of... It brings you together at the beginning when it's kind of raw and everyone's yeah. around you supporting you and then when things start kind of drifting back to a bit more of normality yeah. a lot of couples can find then because you're grieving so differently almost that relationship feels so natural and it kind of pushes a bit of a you think as well you've got you've got two people from two completely separate families it all be that you're married but you've got two complete different dynamics yeah. if you like of, of how you've been brought up how you've deal with grief how you deal with grief or and to some extent, it's not—it's nobody's fault as an individual because it is exactly, the way that yeah. you've been brought up, mm. or, or not necessarily the way you've been brought up to think or anything like that, but maybe ways that you've learned yourself subconsciously or what have you. So if you've got you've got two clashes basically, you've got two people clashing, yeah. not meaning to clash. Mm. Yeah, you're not deliberately. No, no, no. And I think because you, you never. Even if you had two people that are exactly the same, grieving the same thing, they would not be on the same page day in, day out. You're on your own journey. So firstly, yeah, men and women grieve differently. Secondly, we were grieving. Yes, we were both grieving our daughter, but we were grieving a completely different experience and coming at it from a different way. And then thirdly, we were, we were on our own pathway, we were on our own journey, doing our own thing. So to expect that we were kind of having highs on the same day or lows yeah. on the same day or feeling exactly the same is like expecting the impossible. Something quite interesting that you mentioned a, a few moments ago about, I hadn't thought of this before either. I can't remember exactly the exact words that you used, but it was when people were, were asking less. It's like a bit more time's sort of yeah, gone. Yeah. And it's almost as, it's not as if people have gone, okay, everything's back to, everything's back to normal now. But less people might be, might be checking in, yeah, might be asking. Yeah. Is that something you notice like, as a tangible thing at the time or all of a sudden it just feels as if everyone's sort of just leaving you to it? I think when you look at things like friendship groups, women in general tend to have that close-knit mm. sort of, you know, BFF as they call them or whatever it may be. Where are you from, the 90s? No, I was born in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Show off, I was born in the 70s. <laughs> I know, you can tell. And, uh, <laughs> but the, um, you always obviously have, a, a, I think women naturally have a closer-knit relationship with their friends. Yeah, I'll so be, yeah, I believe. are quite happy to sit and, and, and have a chat. And I, I always think back to the, and the Mickey Flanagan sketch where... It, his wife says to him, oh, you go in the pub, say hello to everyone for me. And at no point in that night is Mickey Flanagan ever going to say hello to the lads. Oh, my wife said hello. They're going to be like, no, get your pint down, yeah, because we really don't care sort of thing. Yeah. And that is very much the male mentality, is that yeah. actually let's just get a beer down, yeah, or, you know, do this, do that. Because we found that we were at a time where a lot of our friends didn't have children. We were the first people to have mm. children out of our friendship groups. Oh, yeah, you would have been in your. Were you both in your twenties? We were in Still our twenties. Yeah, yeah. When it came down to the emotional support needed by my male group of friends, mm. it was. It, well, it, I think it'd be fair to say it was probably non-existent because they had no idea how yeah. to relate to me mm. with regard to losing a child because they had yeah. no idea of what it was like to have a child. And which brings us back, I think, to our first ever episode, wasn't it? Was it what, the first or the second elephant in the room? And mm. it was those things that you, you you can talk about or don't mind hearing or, or, or shouldn't hear. Matt, we, we've spoke about this before, actually, on the podcast, because that going back to what Ryan said then about um, the, the support from guys. And, and you talked about some of your struggles. If you could just give a, a quick recap on that. I think there was one guy just it was either by the hospital or he just took you to the pub. Oh, or someone that you played. Yeah, this story? Um, and it just—I think it quite helped you at the time. Or yeah, so well, you had a big smile on your face as soon as I mentioned. Well, yeah, it, it was—it uh, was, and it was a, a bloke who. Um, so it's Craig Sudlow, his name. So he's—he's he's living in America now, um, but he—he he played for me uh, when I was Willanor manager, and Sudders was was a fantastic bloke. But he—he he was, uh, what's the word? He was. He was, um, I mean, ultimately he was, he was, a, he was a fantastic bloke, but he was, he was an, a, an individual. He really was. And he was the kind of guy who, um, 
just literally, if if he was on his mind, he was like bang. Right, right there. And I, I mean, you know, going off tracks just slightly, when I was manager at Willanore, he would literally, when I, as soon as I got home, he would be texting me, why did we do this today? Why are you doing that? Why are you picking him? Why are you picking that? Like, and I would have to keep Sudders. I'm back with my family now. Like, we'll talk tomorrow. Right. We used to call him Sudders. And it... He was. Yeah. So he was a bit of a nose. It, no, but he was. He, but he was. But he was. because he, he cared. Right. Yeah, he cared. And passionate. He wa- and he was passionate. Yeah. He wanted to win. And when when we lost Cali, um, he was. Um, I had a lot of people get in touch and things like this. And 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 all of a sudden there was a message just pop up on my Facebook messages and 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 he, he was talking to me about it and um and then he he said I need to come and pick you up and take you somewhere. I was like. Okay, and he's like, I, "We've, I've got, I've just got to come and get you and take you for, for some food." So like, we got back. So we left the hospital on the um, Friday, got home, and he'd already organised with me. To, Crystal was going off to her, um, her best, one of her best friends' houses, um, to see their family who who she'd been around with when she was younger, uh, grew up with. And he came and picked me up and took me to his gym and took me for breakfast. Right. And and there was two or three of the other lads who turned up from the football team at the same time. And I'll always remember that. You know, I always yeah. will. And I'll always remember him making the effort and taking the time. And and yeah, it was just one of those moments that like, well, like I said, will always stick with me. And from an individual that I didn't think, not that he'd be the last person, because you don't know, you don't know how people are going to react exactly. until you get into this moment. It's that same personality, maybe he's like, "Oh, why is he phoning me about getting into the team again?" But that that part, that persistent part of his nature, was yeah. maybe going. Actually, I need to get in and touch with. I need to get in touch with Matt. And he was, and he was literally just as soon as he found out it had happened, he that's it. So he messaged me as, when I was in the hospital, and we were talking back and forth quite. And he messaged me straight away, almost to to offer his yeah. his, his condolences and stuff. And then and then he just went from there. And he and we were talking back and forth a little bit, and then, like I said, he just, um, yeah, he was, it was, it was amazing. Can you remember what you, what you were talking about? Was it just chit chat? Was it banter? Were you getting in depth? Because we, again, just challenging those stereotypes about what the guys were talking about and the style of the conversation, especially because we have Amy here tonight too, and just getting those those differences. Well, I think again, the the the, the beauty of Sudders is he he would just say. Like right. and, I, and I think sometimes you just want someone Sudders. to say. I think, I think that's we, the yeah, hardest yeah. thing with people that are close to you is that they're, they're too worried about what to say, whether they're going to yeah. upset you. So yeah. instead of saying anything, they just step back and don't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Whereas people who tend to be a bit further removed, removed yeah. don't worry about that. So that's, and that's what point. you kind of need. You need people to just be forthcoming to talk, yeah. to ask you those questions. Maybe that's somebody that you're not expecting to do. Yeah. And, so. yeah. and, th- and I think thinking back, one of the main... One of the main um, it, it was literally just he would he would just ask me I think he mm. just asked me outright how are you how are you doing like yeah. and and he obviously he was concerned about Crystal but he he asked me how I was yeah, yeah. and um, yeah like I said just amazing and yeah big shout out to the boy because like I said he's over in America now he met an American girl in England and he and he moved out there and and uh, and got um, got married out there and and he's yeah he was he's a big he was a big old unit you wanted him on your side a big old unit he was he really was and 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 also he was one who literally again helped me out as the team went on sometimes at that level of football you, you, you don't know where the lads are going to turn up and play and things like this and we sometimes I'd be yeah. scrambling around for a goal literally I went through a period of not having a goalkeeper and he just would text me and say I'll go in goal he's okay. winning goal for me right, he's a big old winning goal, like yeah that, just yeah. winning goal and like yeah just played in goal but yeah oh, just lad. like I said it just comes out of nowhere sometimes it so, does that support because so, um, I'm very wary we, you know we're trying to get people to, to listen to this podcast from, from all walks of life and, and not just people who've, who've um, had a, a you know lost their child and had this bereavement it's just to know that maybe if, if you know if you're a guy who's maybe you know we need somebody else's version of Sudders so who might be watching uh, this right now or, or listening to this at another point of time and you know one of your, one of your guy friends, one of your boys, one of your lads is, is going through this situation, just give them a call. And that's it. I think what Amy, Amy said was, was, was right and, and it goes back to what Ryan was saying about his, his friendship group and it is that whole, I do think he's getting better. I do think it's starting with, and, and things like this are starting to change it and this is why I like, I'll talk about it for as long as I can because I... I feel like there's a duty as a male mm. to kind of 
it, to to tell people that you, we have to talk because otherwise, you know, we we all know we all know the stats, don't we, about the, the male suicides and things like this, and 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 also yeah. just talking to each other about how they can support their partner going through things as I th- well. I don't think it's just an, a male issue though. I think yeah. I've mm. got a lot of girls that would say exactly the same yeah. that there are a lot of people that their friends that they yeah. thought would be there or would reach out mm. just haven't been yeah. and again I think it's that reason that they just don't know what to say so the yeah, easiest absolutely. option is to step back and not say anything we're trying to change the the whole outlook of the subject aren't we mm. you know we are yeah and and hopefully we're, we're trying to do it in the best way possible and it'll start to con- well it'll continue to change because even yeah. after la- losing Cali five years ago I do I have seen a difference in how people react to this the subject now and I think that's a a good thing you know it is well it's important the reason why why the podcast started isn't it this uh, amongst others and having these resources you know as, as you say it's the girls having the same conversations and but in it may be in different ways but mm. it is that importance to get the guys talking and also talking about the right things because and you mentioned about the the male suicide because obviously this weekend marked the the 10th uh, anniversary Gary of Gary Speed mm. And I was watching, was it Football Focus yesterday? And they were, they were talking about with the just the changes in awareness of mental health, especially amongst men, especially in our age bracket. You know, men. I mean, I'm in my forties, and, uh, and just having that importance of it's been a lonely couple of years. Oh, yeah. And it's being able to do this. We all went to the German market, or oh, me and Ryan did. You, you backed out, didn't you? Last backed week. out. Um, Matt wasn't allowed. Yeah. Out. Scared. He wasn't allowed. He out. wasn't allowed. <laughs> and, and just, he was grounded. <laughs> That's nice to get out and talk for a couple of hours, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was, even though I don't remember walking home. But yeah, it was nice to be able to... Yeah, I felt a lot better the next day than Ryan did anyway. I I bet you did as well, mate. um, You know know when you've been out and you know when you go on a night out and you're the last one to arrive and as soon as you get there, you go, everyone's already drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Dan was late. Yeah, yeah, Dan was late. Surprises me. Yeah, right, well, your husband went, I've had eight beers <laughs> no one didn't <laughs> his inability to speak at 11 o'clock uh, uh, he did it himself but you know it's, it's, it's good for the soul you know it's not the sort of thing you're going to be doing every single day this is the first time I've been there in three years and it was the first time that I've been hanging out with these guys and I've not been covered in mud and piss and shit <laughs> <laughs> sorry for anyone who's not watched this before yeah. that, we don't have a weird fetish <laughs> Uh, we've been doing this event called the Wolf Run every uh, in fact everyone in this room's done it even Simon has taken the photos and Amy got involved in the one just around the corner from here mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun so I mean it's good Any just connecting via you know do we use the word fun or do we, I mean I'm going through the lake with my ankles nearly falling off that's not fun I was I've never heard anyone moan one. so mm, much nah, in right, cold water come on man you don't know the pain honestly the pain I enjoyed it pain. I enjoyed like it literally 100 metres in and, and Matt goes ah oh, my legs no genuine the, the pain <laughs> is ridiculous no honestly the funniest bit about that was looking back when I got out I couldn't walk and the marshal like looked at me and just went are you alright number so and so and I was like I just no I'm not you can't, you <laughs> can't drop out after 90 metres no yeah <laughs> like, the um, shortest wolf run in the world <laughs> We are the Still Parents Podcast. Uh, I'm Dan, and it is episode five of series three. So it's the, it's the last one. Normally we do them every other week, but we will be doing it next Sunday for the, the final episode of this one. And then uh, we'll be back in the, in, the, in the new year. With Christmas in mind then, so uh, 28th of November, as we sat here doing this, it'll be uh, December from, uh, from Wednesday. Look at me, now our month's work. It can be qu- quite a difficult time, and this is something I know Matt would like to mention, because uh, we spoke about it before with Baby Loss Awareness, week wasn't it and I know you're struggling a bit and these pertinent dates which again is a, a whole standalone episode that we did in series one and just dealing with things you say it's been five years I go through phases through the year where um, where I'll have bits and pieces and to- times and moments and I think that's all about uh, the, the the process of the grief the grief the grief anyway but I think when it gets to around this period I do tend to just it kind of just all of a sudden creeps up on me um, and it creeps up on me in the fact that um you know, it's another year that she's she's not not with us to celebrate Christmas, and it's it's thinking ahead to like because obviously obviously we've just moved into our new house as well. So for the first time, whatever we're having my parents round for Christmas rather than going to them for Christmas. So we're having everyone round. Crystal's sister and and um, her niece are going to be there as well. So we'll have a full Christmas table. But then there's always that one mm. space that like it, yeah. you know because. And and obviously with Etta being four now, um, 
she'd be even more, Callie would be even more excited than Etta because she's be five, you know? So like it's... It's getting to that point now where they actually play with the toy, not the wrapping paper. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And they and they start to understand, you know, the lights and the build yeah. up and the lead yeah. up and things like that. And then it's 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 just, I see as I've always seen it this time time of year with the lead up for me is that thinking about it's it's always really unfair that she's had to miss all these times and it's hard to process that yeah. sometimes it, it is um, and even five years down the line it's, hard, it's, mm. it's hard to process and and again the worst part for me is that however forward I move however I move and, and however we go on with this process certain things will always happen yeah. and, and, and I think you that you, you kind of you'd get to that normality that new normality mm. but there's always going to be bits that mm. kind of swing back and whack you push well, you off your kilter almost and 90% of the time you you live your life yeah, you do yeah. but it's that and they don't pop up it's that 10% that, that's always going to be yeah. there and that's the hardest part sometimes Amy right what do you say when you're speaking to people through the Lily Mae Foundation who are pretty much exactly what Matt's mm. just described in terms of managing Christmas yeah because the reason why I'm asking is because obviously everyone is a different personality and a, yeah. and a different way of processing information and what might resonate with Matt and, and Crystal m- might not um, say, say with Simon when he was yeah. a guest on. Yeah, I think majority do find things like Christmas, especially the first one, hard because it's all those, it's not that picture that you'd kind oh. of dream, dreamt of. A lot of people who have lost this year thought they would be having a completely different Christmas and had thought they'd be having a baby at home and would be doing this and that. And now they've got they've got a completely different journey to face. So a lot of people who are facing their first Christmas without are, f- are finding it very tough right now. And then it it is those a lot of people that as they go through Christmas might be their their time that they struggle, um, or it might be a different part of the year. But generally, as people move through that journey of grief, it gets slightly easier to manage, or you find a new normal. So. I remember, I think it was the first year um, going to the cemetery on Christmas Day and just that overwhelming feeling of this this is my Christmas now forevermore. Cemetery on Christmas Day is a thing. And that just almost like that that realisation almost like whacks you off your feet. There's so many things that you can kind of just keep going and keep going and it doesn't affect you or it gives you a little wobble, but then you can kind of get yourself back on the the straight and narrow almost. But then there's some things that literally bowl you over. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone who's who's new to the to the podcast, they've just found us because I know we've we've started getting a few people messaging and listening from overseas. There was a, a chap who got in touch from uh, from the US, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So, just to explain a little bit about the the Lily May Foundation, what made you after you you, lo- you lost Lily May, and so, so nearly twelve years ago, you were saying, yeah. What was the the process in getting to where you are now and, and deciding that this is how you wanted to move forward and, and this is this is where you're going to be with things? Again, I think that's it's quite a misperception that people have. People see us now and think, oh, well, you're doing so well. You've done all of this and blah, blah, blah. I can't really relate to you because you've managed to do all of this. Mm. And I always say to people, you didn't see me in the early days. I was not doing anything like this in the early days. I couldn't have possibly have done anything like yeah. this. Um, and it was a long time coming. We didn't really do anything. Yes, no. we got charitable status two years after she died, but that didn't mean we were offering any support to people yeah. or yeah. kind of doing anything like we were doing now. The charitable um, status that we got straight away really was just so that we could be... Sh- show that coping mechanism. That as well, probably. Yeah. Basically. It's like a <laughs> counselling session, this is. <laughs> it was... Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Do you know what? I would actually like to be a fly on the wall when, we, when we're doing this podcast. What, when we get probably, home? Yeah, just, just on fire. <laughs> this is amazing. No, the, it was, though. It was. Tell, tell no, no, about it, when we left hospital. It was. No, it was because I did the typical man thing, which mm. was trying... I'm just going to put it there. I'm just going to park it. Mm. Park it over there. I don't have to think about it. Or he if I did. He parked me at the mum's house <laughs> and went off to find golf day prizes. Because, for, yeah, basically. Because for me... Yeah. I had to. I had to do something. Yeah. I couldn't just sit in a room. I couldn't sit in a. Basically, I, I, I understand that we didn't want to go home. Didn't want to go out. I couldn't have cared less if that house had burnt down at yeah. that time, yeah. because it was. Um, it, it wasn't being used as we planned to have it used. And all we were doing was literally getting up in the morning and just almost surviving. It wasn't mm. even a case of we'd got a plan of, of yeah. anything to do. <clears throat> Having to go to the funeral directors, obviously, but that was delayed because. 
she'd gone for a post-mortem and, and there was obviously a delay in that respect. Learning how to plan a funeral, never planned a funeral before in my life, whether that be for grandparent, parents, never done one. So again, walking into a funeral directors and they say, oh, you know, what, what music do you want? What coffin do you want? To be quite frank, mate, I couldn't give a monkey's. Mm, it yeah. was like, it was yeah. really, we are living an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It was getting up in the morning and just trying to survive. And fortunately, we'd got Alfie. He was our reason to keep, obviously, going. But also, we were very fortunate. We stayed at Amy's mum and dad's house for, it, what was it, two and a bit weeks? Two oh, and a half no weeks, idea. something like that. Just because you didn't want to go back to the house? No, that, yeah, wasn't okay. interested. Just was not interested at all. Like I, I say, I could, that house could have burnt down. I really didn't care. I think I think that that whole process of um, going back to the house, I just I just remember the silence, the mm. sil- like, and I, and I can understand why you didn't want to do that yeah. because we obviously we had nowhere else to go. We mm. didn't. We went back to the house, and um, what happened to us was um, fortunately we Crystal's sister had come up and she'd said. Right, I'm. I'm just gonna go, and um, I think my parents possibly went with her. I don't know, and they cleared our house of all the stuff that okay. was ready to go. So you had like the crib that was upstairs, mm. and and there was one downstairs as well. And so they, they came and, and, and cleared that it away. Got got rid of everything because like they didn't want us to go back. Yeah. to a house that was full of. And like I said, the the main thing for me was the silence. It was just because it, it it's the opposite mm. what you shouldn't have been to, quiet and. Yeah. Um, Again, comes back to that that vision that you've got. Yeah. It's literally been torn up, chucked out the window, and you've you're faced with a completely different it, picture. It's what you're saying, you're, the, the the human mind isn't. It shouldn't. It it's not. It, it's geared it, up not geared up and wired to that process to go through that process. Why should it? Yeah. Why should you go and through that? Do you know, you know one of the worst worst things I think I could possibly say that I that I used to really really struggle with, but probably never ever said anything was that you'd wake up in the morning and for the first 10 15 seconds you'd think oh it's a new day and then all of a sudden boom bang it just hit you and then you were like right it's another day now that i've got to survive and over time yes it got easier not easier to to deal with uh, sorry not easier to accept in any way shape or form because you never accept it so it's like a weird new familiarity Mm. yeah 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 Yeah. it's it's your new norm basically Again, not wanting to go home. It was very similar. Matt, Amy's uh, workmate was the one that went round to our house and, you know, got whatever cards were coming through the door, flowers. I mean, we went back to the house. It was like a florist, weren't it? But there were I so many flowers. flowers. To this day. So again. I hate flowers to this day. Yeah, it was just... I don't. It just reminds me of death. In oh, fact, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I tell you now, I yeah. know the day we went back home, it was the day after Lily's funeral because we went back into our house for the day that Lily, uh, of Lily's funeral, mm. 18th of February, 2010, it snowed on that day, didn't it? It snowed mm. when we came out of the church. So I can yeah. remember those sort of dates. And then the day after a funeral, we went to Germany. Oh, did you really? We just mm-hmm. had to get away, didn't just we? Got, got away on holiday. We just had to get away. Yeah. I mean, I remember saying to work, actually, because I was obviously off. I'd been signed off at that point. I was signed off sick on bereavement leave. I remember saying to my boss at work, oh, I'm, I'm going to Germany for a few days. He was sort of saying, you, you, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that because you're supposed to be in work. And I was like, listen, mate, I'll do what the hell I like at the moment yeah. sort of thing. You know, th- that work is not my priority. Mm-hmm. My priority is, is my family and, and, you know, my mental health, if you like. Your family point. and your state of mind. My state yeah. of mind. Um, and we went to Germany and... Um, because obviously it wasn't a holiday. What did you no, do? Was it? Again, it's that it comes back to its distraction, and I think yeah. this whole grief journey—it's it's almost like two bits. You've got the grief side, and then you've got your distraction side, and you just swing between the two. That's so it. it was almost like we threw ourselves mm. into the distraction, hoping okay. that that would ease it for a little bit, change the scenery, not seeing people, giving you that kind of like the knowing look, and yeah. oh look, there's a couple that have just lost their baby. Well, the people crossing the road. Yeah, <laughs> we went to Turkey. Um, yeah, so it's common because it's it's yeah. just and it does help. It doesn't make anything any easier, but it of does course, just help yeah. to have a bit of a distraction and a bit of a change of scenery. And, and we then, mentioned before, there's good, you know, there's good distractions and there's bad distractions, yeah, yeah. And, and it's 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 also being mindful. And I think this is why it's really important at the same time to make sure. Obviously, you guys are clearly 
just for the fact that you just banter with each other all the time that you know you've got a strong relationship and and you'll be there to help each other I, I've met Crystal we did the wolf run Crystal oh, didn't she, she didn't moan and when we got out of the first lake not like Matt <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and again lovely family I can't do anything can I like just no, not make any I, mistake I can, no. not one mistake I can tell know? that Matt and Crystal are close because at the the golf dinner and dance that we did uh, with the Lily May Foundation not so long back just a few weeks and uh, Crystal came over to me and with, with your phone and went, why are you sending Matt love arts? Yeah, yeah, she was very jealous. Because <laughs> it was at the end of a message. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I was just checking if he was all right. And yeah, that was it. Absolutely. Why, why are you sending him love arts? So I sent him two the next day just to wind her up. <laughs> Man love. Man That's love. what it is, yeah. What yeah, I mean. But yeah, no, it, I think, I think it's, it is, I think it's, um, it, it, unfortunately, it's one of those things, relationships with anything. But like when, yeah, when you go through something like this, I, I do, genuinely believe that it either pulls you that way or it sends you I, I, I the other way. I disagree in terms of I think you have both and I think kind of what we were saying before initially it kind of brings you closer okay. because it's so yeah. you just don't know what you're doing Yeah, and I think then it can be quite common for you to kind of move, move apart away, as yeah. the grief kind of goes yeah, on yeah, and you're yeah. both on your own journey then can be really common because you're both in different places doing it differently to then struggle in a relationship before you kind of come back together almost if that makes sense yeah yeah that does yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, we we actually haven't got much time left. We've just been given our our little notice. We've only got a, a few minutes. So, um, one, before I forget, actually, how have you found this, by the way, Amy? Because uh, our first ever female guest on the the Still Parents podcast, looking at things uh, from apart a, from you, like wasting time talking about football. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, my whole life is wasted on football. Why? Because obviously, this is done for men. To, to, to talk and, and to listen to each other. And obviously it's not just purely aimed at men, but we would like the guys to listen yeah. to it because this is why we're here. And I think, yeah. again, we just to cover old ground, but we're just stressing that importance of communication in whatever capacity, yeah. serious, just lighthearted, dark humour, silliness, whatever it is. So why do you think there's more girls than boys listening to this podcast? Girls and boys, what am I, eight? Men and women. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's because I saw the toilet sign outside. Of it. Um, I, just, I just think it's more common for the girl <laughs> to, be, to be more involved in this kind of world. Yeah. Um, and I do find that quite often it is either the lady that comes forward first who will then yeah. kind of pass it on yeah. to, to the male or um, quite often we use this as a good tactic of kind of trying to get the male involved getting the, the lady to listen to it whilst her husband yeah. or partner's around. I think there's that stubbornness with a guy sort yeah. of too, and it is yeah. that thing of like, look, have a listen. And, and, yeah. just... and again, coming back to Ryan, it's that distraction <laughs> at the beginning. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need that. I don't mm. kind of, why would I need to listen to that? Yeah. And then quite often when they do, they realise actually. Exactly. And one thing that helpful. we've had pretty much that's come up in, in more or less every, every show that we've done on this is, um, and there's a, a couple of guests in particular that stand out, was just that feeling that, well, it's a release, isn't it? Mm. Once you've spoke, yeah. I think it was. I think it was Ian Lawton, and he'd sat outside before he went into the first um, meeting, which had been aimed specifically at, uh, at guys because mm. he'd, he'd been before this family, but he wasn't feeling as if there was anything necessarily being spoken about. You know how, how he was feeling, and he almost didn't go into it. And he came out, and obviously the grief's still there, and he's still in that process of healing. But there was that moment of a little bit. Just, everything was a little bit brighter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's what I'm trying to stress again, <laughs> whether you're just listening to this for the first time or, or, or with all of them, that you can reach out to, to, to Ryan and to Amy. And that's kind of why I wanted to a bit more in depth with, with the both of you tonight, especially that you've been on, just so that people who may be feeling that they don't want to or they're a bit um, apprehensive, that you guys are here to, to share your story and also to help. So if you'd like to get in touch, all the details, if you're listening to the, the podcast through whatever your provider is, all the details will be there. So you, you, you can get in touch. Um, yeah, I think we're just about done, which is a shame because I, I quite like it in here. I could do my radio show in here tomorrow. It'd be nice. I like it in here as well. Right, I don't want to go home because you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you very much at Mill Street Studios, Leamington Spa for having us down here and, and hopefully we'll be back. I didn't realise until we got down here that this is where Ben Foster records his... You know the cycling goalkeeper? I do know the yeah. cycling. He's got awesome. his podcast. He's absolutely great. Yeah, he's great. Well. Yeah, I'd recommend done. that for any bloke, actually. Well, I'm, I'm going to download to drive home with. So I'll do that. There we go. All right. Can you do two things at once? <laughs> <laughs> now the real Amy's coming through. Honestly. Like, just, that's you need to concentrate. Can we cut her mic? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, uh, just a reminder, we will be back next Sunday. So, um, what's that? The uh, fifth. 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 Thank you very much for, for coming on, Amy. That's How's right. it been? How's it been for you? Has it been all right? Yeah, it's 
been good. Thank you. I think it's. I found it very insightful and also just just hearing that different perspective as well, uh, especially from because it's the first time we've actually been able to have a direct conversation with the the relationship mm. dynamic between between the two people, and I've, I've really found that interesting. So so thank you. And um, yeah, if anyone has any final things they would like to say. Can I just push one thing real quick? I know it's it's not not on the topic of this charity, but it's something else I'm doing. Of course you can. So a week on Monday, I'm doing, I'm I'm sleeping out at the Birmingham city ground overnight to um, between eight o'clock and six o'clock in the morning to support uh, the homeless. So um, yeah, so we're sleeping out um, actually at the ground. Outside the blue stadium? No, around the pitch, around the outside of the the pitch. pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if it rains, we're under one of the stands, but then it's, then it's, um, yeah, easy. Um, but then, um, but then, it, 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 we're, we're basically we're basically raising enough money to try and change the lives of twelve homeless people. That's really good. So, I had, um, so I've got to just give him page. So have a look on Facebook. Okay. Would you like to yeah. just give it and your Facebook details? Anyone else have a look at? It, well, my Facebook name is Matty Cali. So okay. if, you, if you, yeah, but um, the Facebook. Uh, I'll be putting the, the Just Give okay. page out again this week. So. All right, Thank well, I hope that goes well. Hopefully, um, you, you won't you won't you won't pull out of that. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> 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 no, it's brilliant. Obviously, I mean, it's cool that you're on the pitch. You should take a ball. You got to take the ball in for. A well, kick we're not allowed on the pitch. We're allowed to run the outside of the pitch. We go on the pitch. The grounds and all. Come on, three in the morning. The grounds is not going to be there with his pitchfork. He will get off my land. He will know. He will oh, know okay. the next morning. All right. Promise, and, you know. and also, as well, Dan, we've got our um, Christmas little shining light service next Sunday, which is the fifth. Yeah. Okay. So that is in, on the afternoon before. Obviously, we do the podcast. There are two services. There's one at two o'clock, um, and which is a, a family service which you can bring children to, and then we're doing one at four o'clock as well, okay. which is a, um, a service which, um, unfortunately, is not going to be with any children. So that's for it's now put my teeth in adult only service. Um, if um, you want more details on that, it's all over our social media pages, and um, and yeah, we look forward to welcoming yeah. people to that very successful service that we do every year okay that's brilliant yeah don't forget your masks because that's coming back in isn't it in a couple of days oh yeah masks we'll we'll all be in lockdown again soon that's it yeah so um, listen once again thank you very much for for listening and for watching it and we'll be back with the next episode and the final episode in series three next week thank you very much take care of yourselves goodbye cheers Cheers, guys. guys bye